Pastime Dynasty podcast. I am your host and your commissioner, and most importantly, three-time champion Max. And I'm joined tonight by a couple guys on hot streaks. Um, league founder, zero-time champion Huck is on the podcast, and for the first time, two-time champion Seltzer enthusiast Brad is joining us as well. Guys, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great, um, and. I think most importantly, uh, non-playoff team is is what your title should be. Non-current playoff team, at least. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to be that way. Brad, how are you? I'm doing really well, Max. Uh, excited to be here. It's my first podcast. I've actually been a guest on. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be this here. your first podcast ever in anything? In anything, yeah, I've never done it in football or anything. This is not uh, one person has ever invited you on a podcast ever. No, I mean, it's we're not your that first. We're, we're your, first. your first. Um, this is my first podcast, so it's going to be your you. best podcast. This is a great idea, Max. It's going to be this my a great best idea. In my, my best and my worst in one. Yeah, great, awesome, excited to be at both ends of the chart. Well, like I said, you guys are on hot streaks right now. Um, I like Huck. You haven't lost since what week six. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't lost since week six. It's and, uh, it's 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 my normal middle of the season run during the summer. I I do when the when the weather gets hot. So does my team. And you're cruising. Brad has a string of ties along the way, but also hasn't lost since week four. It has been two full months since Brad lost an NPD matchup. Um, what do you attribute? to the success along the way. Huck, I'll start with you. Oh, man, I wanted to hear Brad's first. Uh, no. So I built my team during the draft in the beginning of the year based on a strategy that I it's not hard to figure out. Um, have the least amount of pitchers on your team with the highest amount of quality uh, and then kind of manipulate the fancy baseball roster spots to be able to kind of beat the other team in a chess match. Um, I have a lot of relief pitchers who have starting pitcher eligibility, whether that be just for this season or not. Um, uh, you know, Chad Green and Diego Castillo, and uh, I have Drew Pomerantz, who's on the DL right now, but he'll be back. Uh, all these guys are are setup men or closers that have starting pitcher eligibility, mostly because they at one time, uh, you know, played the part of opener uh, for, for their respective team. Uh, Chad Green, whether it be, you know, two years ago, obviously we haven't seen an opener with the Yankees in a while and Diego Cio again, two years ago. So that the starting pitcher, pitcher eligibility isn't really deserved, but you know, they really, really boost my uh, relief pitching uh, categories more than, more than usual. So 
uh, the goal every week is to win pitching five to three. Obviously, I'm going to lose wins, quality starts, and strikeouts every single week. Uh, but I want to, because of the quality and because the uh, the amount of innings that I'm putting in, which is between 20 and 30 every single week, uh, I'm going to have a lower ERA, a lower whip, uh, more saves, more uh, holds, and less walks. So 5-3. Let's start out like that. We start out everybody. I have two categories up on pretty much everybody. That is the goal. Uh, obviously, it's not going to happen every single week. Some week, I'll win strikeouts like, like last week. Uh, some other weeks, uh, you know, my my relief pitchers might get blown up. Uh, Shohei Otani might uh, walk the bases loaded and then get out with three straight strikeouts. His whip might be, you know, real high. So, you know, not always, it doesn't always work out as planned, but pretty much. Uh, so really that leaves for me to win or tie hitting. Um, and at the beginning of the year, it was kind of a struggle. It, uh, it, you know, my, my hitters weren't really doing their job. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, a lot of these rookie of the year, uh, contestants had slow starts, whether it be Mount Castle or, uh, Bobby Dalbeck or Willie Castro, um, or Andre Jimenez, you know, who's now in the minors, all, all these people had really, really slow starts. Um, just seems like my team started to click at the right time, even though I've suffered some injuries with Kyle Lewis went down, Jeff McNeil's been out, uh, you know, and, and others, I filled them in with good people or people who have been hot. Uh, Odo Bell Herrera has been really good. Jed Lowry has been, uh, that's fifth for one of the best teams in baseball offensively, which is, uh, the A's. Um, I've had good luck with, uh, with some others, but, uh, but yeah, also, a big thing, and you know, I could talk about Shohei Otani, who has most home runs in baseball, or is tied for the most home runs in baseball. I could talk about Mount Castle, who's had, you know, really good time these last couple of weeks. But uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, again, manipulating uh, the roster positions in just fantasy baseball, is it, hasn't played a, a an inning behind, hasn't caught one ball at catcher this year, um, but is is having a fine season, what no matter what position. So just imagine you take one of your, uh, you know, pretty good players, players that are having a, an optimal season. I mean, borderline, if he was a catcher, he would be the American League catcher, in my opinion, uh, for the All-Star game. He's not. He's shortstop. Uh, if you could take one of those players and move him to catcher where you didn't have to worry about him uh, all year, I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? Uh, he has double-digit stolen bases out of that position, which is more than I could ever dream of. So. I know I'm getting on the rant of, you know, why my team's doing well, but uh, hopefully it continues over the next few weeks. I, I have a soft schedule and, uh, you know, not saying Ethan is a rollover. He's a playoff team right now, but uh, Ethan, um, I just faced Sutton. I got Brad next week. Um, I think Levi's coming up. Uh, I, I got a, a bunch of playoff, uh, non-playoff teams. Oh, a, a couple games against Victor scattered in there. So uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited. This, uh, this is a good run. Good summer run for my team. How about you, Brad? Oh, great. Awesome. Brad, <laughs> Brad you haven't so lost since a, week I, four. Let's hear it. I had a rough start, okay? I was 0-4. Week five, I play a team called In Play Runs. I don't know what that means, but I got a tie. 
And that just gave me some confidence. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to go Dolphins 0-16. I'm going to win some games, maybe. So I looked at my lineup, made some changes. Uh, some of my team, you know, my team most of the year has been plagued with injuries, especially my batters. Uh, now it's affecting my pitchers. I think Strasburg, Pineda, and Gray are all in the aisle right now. Um, thank goodness my relievers are solid and get me those categories most of the weeks. I think my relievers are probably better than Hooks. I know we talked about them for like 50 minutes, but I think that, you know, I, I have some strong relievers that, you know, are, are helping me out a lot. Um, but really, I think the main reason why I'm, you know, five, six, seven, what is it, six in a row that I haven't actually lost, I've tied a couple. Um, I think the main reason is that my opponents I'm playing are just shitty. Like they're just playing, they're putting up bad games and I'm just getting the luck of the draw that they're putting up bad things. And I'm, I'm not, it's like, not like my team's playing amazing at all. They're getting the job done, but you know, uh, I think it was week eight. I tied Victor. Like that's embarrassing. You know, I, that should have been an easy win. I should have won that, but um you're talking to a guy that just lost to Victor, by the way. So it's easy, easy. <laughs> I'm just saying it should have been a win. Uh, I, I lucked out with Trevor. You know, that was looking like a loss for sure. Got a uh, a backdoor tie against Trevor in week nine. And then um, and then I somehow beat y'all's dad uh, in week 10. That was that was lucky, I think, too. So really, when I look at all these wins, uh, besides this week, whenever I just handed Goldschmidt's gay uh, his a huge loss after he beat me, I think in week two or whenever he played me earlier on, um, you know, all my other my wins have been kind of if besides Chase, Chase was an easy win. Chase is you know just he's he's focused on other things right now. He's got a kitchen remodel, house flooded. You know, I just I don't think his head's in it uh, all that much. And you know, now that I got six wins. My head's back in it. I have a feeling I'm, I'm a playoff team right now. Uh, I've been here before. I've been to the dance twice. Uh, actually, I think I've been to the dance three times. I think I lost once um, in the championship against you, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've only been twice and I won both times, but I think I got second place once before. Um, so, you know, once we get to playoffs, that's where that's where I actually really do my damage. The, the regular season is a regular season. I just got to get top eight get in the playoffs and then uh and then bring my team up to uh off the il hopefully but yeah so so what you're thinking of is you got uh third you're still on the podium but you got third uh, in 2014 okay. okay um so i mean you're you're not wrong i will say you know there's probably been some luck for you but some of it started at the draft like you started out with the same keepers you've had for quite some time you know goldschmidt Harper, Lindor, Strasburg, guys like that. But yeah. you draft Sally Perez, and he is arguably, I mean, you look at him and Buster Posey, they're the two best fantasy catchers in baseball right now. Oh, yeah, he's been amazing for me. So Home you, run king. You draft him, a shitload of early round closers, and then Freddie Peralta in the 22nd round. How much of that was planned, and how much of it was just like, oh, fuck Peralta it, I don't know if heard of this guy. Peralta was complete luck. I heard that Milwaukee was going to be good this year. So I, I, you know, I saw him on the board um, and I just picked him. I didn't realize he was going to, I'm looking at stats now. He's given me 104 strikeouts already. 
through 75 innings, which is double my closest starting pitcher. Yeah, he's an ace. He's an ace. Yeah. He's a 22nd round keeper for sure. What about the closers? You took a bunch of closers early, and I think at the draft specifically, a bunch of people are like, why is Brad taking so many closers? Well, you've only lost saves once this year. Um, you were eight, one, and four in saves, I believe. Yeah, so I knew I needed to focus on pitching this year, and I just felt like starting pitching is I'm just so far behind. Everyone's got all the good guys kept in late rounds, and I just figured, you know, let's go after a smaller chunk of the pie. I feel like if I can win, kind of like what Huck said earlier, if I can win the closing categories, and I'm just going to stream starting pitchers. So I don't, I don't use all – sometimes I try to use my five moves, but I, I haven't used all of them as much as I'd like to really focus on. But I'm trying to stream my starting pitchers to, to win those. But, uh, but relief pitchers just focus on uh, holds and saves. Yeah, your moves have absolutely picked up uh, last couple of weeks. You are still currently last in the league in moves, closely following uh, Ethan and Adam. So, you know, I really liked his uh, early round uh, closer uh, parade that he had. I, I think that in this league or in any league, really, if you can concentrate on dominating a certain category, whatever it is, uh, whether it be a positional category or, or whatever, say, hey, I'm going to have the best starting pitching or I'm going to have the best outfield or whatever. Just concentrate and say, I don't have to worry about this ever. Uh, it really helps you with your, not only, you know, performance, but your psyche when you're when you're thinking about, you know, what is my team need? What what can I give here? What can I get here? Um, and so, you know, Brad's somebody that I've prided myself on on relief pitching and he's somebody where it's like when I face Brad, um, I'm not going to match up as well as as I will with other teams because of those closers and because I have to battle him for saves and something that I've you know thought I've had wrapped up most of the year. Yeah, you're not going to beat him in saves. He got a Monday afternoon save today. That's nobody gets a save before six o'clock on a Monday. That's just well, it's not the way it works. I will say my, my my bullpen yeah. is pretty unpredictable if you look at their st- statistics. Uh, Castillo, Soto, Green, uh, I think not Bard, Karinchak, uh, Bummer, not so much, but Paul Fry, uh, and Pomeranz. That's six people who uh, in any game can get whether uh, either a hold or a save. Um, they're going to be brought in the eighth or ninth, usually, uh, but their they're manager's and sometimes that's frustrating uh, on a Sunday when you see Diego Casillo when you need a save coming in the eighth uh, or, or Soto come in the, in the eighth. Uh, but all those guys uh, it's kind of a luck of the draw when, whenever they come into the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of relief pitching uh, leading to some success for you guys. So maybe something for everybody in the league to consider moving forward. Um, Speaking of things that uh, uh, that you guys are, have had some success with in the past, uh, everybody stick around to the end of the podcast, past the matchups. We'll be covering a topic that uh, Brad and Huck are very well-read and well-practiced in um, and getting some of their expertise on that. So just a little, little hint at what's coming. Uh, for now, we're going to move on to, I think, Huck's favorite segment. Um, it's fun with fan graphs. 
This mm. week, we're doing the Guys Who Hit Ball Hard edition. Um, and we're going to do it a little bit different this week rather than just, you know, okay, well, we're going to guess back and forth and see how you do and eventually quit. Uh, we're going to play it like Family Feud. So each of you is allowed to be wrong three times. When you're wrong, you're going to hear this noise. Hmm. So you get three of those, and then you're done guessing. Um, and whoever gets the most out of these, this top ten list, I guess, wins. What do you win? I don't know, pride. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of failure on this on this podcast trivia so far. So a lot of pride there. This week's question. Brad, do you want to put like 20 bucks on it? No. No. <laughs> Are you sure? That would be really exciting. Uh, no, I can't. 10 bucks. Put $20. No, 10 bucks. No, 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 do it. Uh, oh, come on. I'll just, I'll Venmo request Rachel. It'll be fine. It's not a big okay. deal. So this week, it's the guys who hit ball hard edition. And the question is this since 2019, who were the top 10 hitters in Major League Baseball in average exit velocity? And for this, we're, we're doing minimum 500 at bats. It's across uh, one full season, one abridged COVID season, and then what we've got so far this season. So they're regular players since 2019. Who are the top 10 hitters in average exit velocity? Huck, I'm going to let you go first. Good. Um, I'm going to go with Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton. Can I see Giancarlo Santon? Oh, no, what? Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, my Minimum God. 500 at bats. Guy hasn't had 500 at bats since 2019. That was like years ago. Guy has not had 500 oh, at bats since 2016. That was a trap. That was a trap, and you fell for it. Brad, who hits ball hard? Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Can I see Gary Sanchez? <laughs> no, Gary Sanchez. He does hit so the ball hard. Google. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, don't Google it. Just think about guys who hit ball hard. Maybe non-Yankees to start. Huck, we're going back to you. Uh, I'll go Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. Huck thinks Shohei Otani's had 500 at bats since 2019. Let's see it. Oh, no. I'll give you this. Shohei Otani has had 500 at bats since 2019. Unfortunately, he's 13th on this list with an otherworldly 92.5 miles per hour average exit velocity. He's he hits ball hard, not quite hard enough. Brad, it's back to you. Um, Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa. Ooh, I would love that one. Show me Carlos Correa. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why I looked up two different sound effects for this. I only needed one. Huck, this is you terrible. Have- you have two strikes. Most of the people listening to this has turned it off due to that damn noise. <laughs> Fertile noise. It's um, like uh, Dennis when he's on his version of Family Feud. I, I really don't. I don't like that noise. Can, can you turn it down, please? Turn can that, you just oh, make it a little bit quieter? I don't like it. Um, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Show me Nelson Cruz. 
Nelson okay. Cruz is correct. He is fourth on this list with an average exit velocity of 93.1 miles per hour. Mm. Can you hear me? Yeah. Your mic went out, I think. Okay. Nelson Cruz is collect correct. Um, an average exit velocity of 93.1 miles per hour. That is fourth on the top 10 list. Okay. Brad, you are up. All right. Um, I'll go with... I want to say this one guy, but you said no Yankees. I didn't say no Yankees. <laughs> I didn't say no Yankees. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Show me Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge oh. is correct. He is way, way ahead of everybody else on this list in first place with an average exit velocity of 95.7 miles per hour. Just absolutely ridiculous. That man is a monster. Aaron Judge, number one in average exit velocity since 2019. Huck, you are up again. I'm going to go Javi Baez. Huck's going Javier Baez. Show me Javier Baez. What? Oh, no. Javier Baez is unfortunately not on that list. And it looks Max, I think your mic isn't picking up your voice. Can you hear me now? I can hear you the whole time, but it's very muted. Oh. Javier Baez is not correct. And Huck, that means... You're out. Oh. Oh, you're that, out that's, the, that's not really fair. That's not how baseball works. Because well, I had to go first. But, you know, it's whatever. Three strikes. Uh, Brad, you can break the tie. You can win. All right, I'll break the tie. I'm going to go with... He's looking at his Google. See so who has a check your Google. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy question. It seems easy. Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. is correct. Ooh. Fernando Tatis Jr. ninth on the average exit velocity list with an average exit velocity of 92.8. That young man hits the ball hard. So wow. fun to do trivia with bread. And I get to keep going, right? You get to keep going. You're the winner of trivia. Um, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber is your guess. And Kyle Schwarber is on the list. He's seventh. With an How does he do it, folks? Of 93 miles per hour. I went to, I went to our, uh, do you want me to really tell you how I did it? Yes. I went to our goot on Yahoo. And I picked everyone with the most home runs this season. And I just picked the top people this season with the most okay. home runs. You know what? That's not even cheating. That's just good research. All right. Give I me know. another wow. name. Um, this one I don't think is right. So I'm going to skip him. I'll go uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And... You know, it, I think if you looked at this year in a nutshell, um, that would be correct. But he's 27th on this list with a 91.6 mile per hour exit velocity. Still respectable. Um, right there next to Ryan McMahon and Shinsu Chu. Brad. You're but oh, you still God. win trivia. I should have um, bet. Mm. Should have bet. Should have bet. You would have been taking yeah. Huck's money. So number two on the list is Miguel Sano for the Twins. Hmm. Number three, late round keeper for Adam Franmil Reyes. 
four is Nelson Cruz, who you already got. Number five is Christian Yelich, uh, late round keeper for Matt. Number six is Josh Donaldson, who's constantly being traded for, between dad and John's team. Uh, number seven is Kyle Schwarber, who's raking for Ethan this year. Number eight is Matt Olson, who's currently destroying for Andrew. Number nine is Fernando Tadis Jr., um, Levi's crown jewel. And number 10 belongs to yours truly, Rafael Devers, um, with a 92.7 mile per hour exit velocity. I wanted to do top 11 so I could get Jorge Soler in there, but it just, it, it didn't make sense. But Jorge Soler is 11th and he's just hitting like shit right now. So that's really upsetting. Either way, that was fun with fan graphs. Congratulations, Brad, on your victory over Huck. Mm-hmm. Way to go, Brad. Thanks, Huck. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. We're uh, going to move to waiver wire all stars. For, so, for those of you that haven't listened before, first of all, why are you just starting now? Second of all, um, this is where each one of us picks one player, hitter, or pitcher currently unrostered that we think should be rostered. As always, I'm going to start so that neither Huck nor Brad can steal my guy and put me in a bad <laughs> spot. And I'm going to go with, and this feels like a lazy pick. He's been on a lot of our rosters this year, but a guy named Mike Miner deserves to be rostered. Mike Miner has been on a string of, of just odd outings where every other game, he gets a win and a quality start and a bunch of strikeouts. So, and even whenever he loses though, he's still not putting up horrendous numbers, but it's win, quality start, loss, win, quality start, loss, win, quality start, loss. Um, he's got six wins on the year, averaging over nine strikeouts per game, over a strikeout per inning, and he has a whip under 1.2. I think it's just about time Mike Miner stops being streamed um, because he's better than a lot of people have, a lot of the pitchers that people have on their roster currently. So it's uh, it feels like a cop-out, but that's my waiver wire all-star. Mike Miner, Huck. Who's your waiver wire all-star for this week? So I don't understand why this guy's not rostered. I mean, he's only uh, 17% rostered here at Yahoo. Uh, but Kike Hernandez is still bad in leadoff. Uh, some games, some games he's down in the eighth, ninth spot. But, uh, you know, so same thing with the falafel. So uh, the guy plays five positions um, over the last month, says, you know, bat just under 300 with a, over an eight OPS. Uh, all the outfield positions, both middle and field positions can fill in. Uh, people are picking up, you know, other people over him. I, I think that, you know, either him or John Bertie, uh, who just got let go, I think by chase need to be owned. Uh, there's a bunch of people out there uh, like Chris Davis and, and whatnot who are owned, uh, and, and these guys play multiple positions and are, are hitting actually really, really well. So, um, those are my guys. I'm a sucker for eligibility. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I expected it to be John Bertie from you, but it makes sense. Kike Hernandez or John Bertie. Um, Brad, who's, who is your waiver wire all-star of the week? Or if I remember correctly, you have multiple. Well, I had, I had to, I was going to do a pitcher and a batter, but I think I'm just going to go with my batter um, just because I, I like, I like the the hitting part more. Obviously, I don't draft a lot of starting pitchers. So I'm going to go with Wilmer Flores. 
Um, guys hitting a lot of home runs here recently. Looks like he's on a heater. Uh, I think he's on a nine game hit streak right now. So um, kind of like me, he's on a roll. If I needed a second baseman, I would probably pick him up. Um, Trevor, on the other hand, you know, he's a giant. I'm, I have a feeling after this podcast, uh, uh, Rum Ham might be picking up uh, Wilmer Flores. Flores is hitting third for the Giants right now. Or, well, I guess third, fourth, or fifth, depending on what day it is. But he went four for four with two homers last night. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are batting right in the meat of their, their lineups. I mean, Trevor Larnick uh, has been third for the Twins tonight. Uh, he's available. Um, you got Chaz and, hitting second for the Astros. Yeah, he's available. Um, I was kind of jealous that Abraham Toro pickup the other day. Uh, I thought that that was a a really good uh, snag by, by uh, John. So to, to help his ailing team. So um, Astros lineup, man, you could, anybody in that lineup right now, you need to, to roster in fantasy because they are just white hot. Yeah. They're awesome. I love it. Okay. Those are your all-stars for this week. I've got Mike Miner. Huck's got uh, a couple of multi-eligible or multi-position eligible guys and Kike Hernandez and maybe John Bertie. And Brad is thanking Wilmer Flores, who's eligible at first, second, and third, currently hitting third for the Giants, thinks he's the way to go. Moving on, we're going to go to our matchups for the week. We've got an interesting stretch of matchups for the week. Only two of the eight are in the same division. Aside from that, everybody's reaching across the aisle. This is a great opportunity for Arthur Rhodes to kind of even things out. Um, and maybe make things a little bit easier for some of us over at Sam Crawford who are suffering in a stacked division. Uh, we're going to start out with a cross-division matchup. It's Carrasco Misuevos SC, Victor, who's 2-6-3, and three, going up against Tony. Paul Goldschmidt's gay, who's 5-4-1, and one, starting to heat up a little bit. Huck, who do you have in this matchup? This is a really fun matchup, I think. Um because both these teams, both these teams have bright spots. I think I've talked to both these teams about some people on their team about trading them or, or moving them at one point in time. One player, uh, Tony does not trade. Uh, and, and Victor on the other hand, um, will only trade with certain people and you have to entice them with, uh, you know, some, Yankees, uh, whether it be uh, Domingo Herman or or whatever, um, yeah, I I, I like uh, Tony's team better, especially this week. Uh, I think that the way Tony matches up with all these teams with other teams is obviously if you try to beat him in starting pitching, wins, strikeouts, etc., you're not going to win. Uh, his ERA doesn't suffer that much. I was, I've gone over that, you know. It's an anomaly. I've gone over that multiple times. Why is his uh, ERA so good with all these pitchers? But Gibson's having a great year. Rodon's having a great year. Uh, Ryu and Kershaw, obviously great keepers. Bassett, I mean, he could move some of these guys and and uh, create a whole new offense team or, or bullpen. He chooses not to. Again, you're not going to beat him uh, in, in that category. But Rogers, Loop, Chafin, and Jansen, uh, you know, I just don't know if that's enough. I know you only needs one hole, one save. That's enough uh, to 
beat him in every other category. So I really think that Tony wins pitching based on just dominating on that starting pitching front. Um, as far as hitting is concerned, uh, Victor's team is good. It had some really uh, overperforming people, I think, like Marcana, uh, Tapia, uh, Jazz Chisholm is playing pretty well. Uh, I just don't think it matches up on a grand scale to Tony's team. Like, uh, you know, Tony's team offensively, you know, in past seasons has been one of the best in the league. Dominic Smith, uh, VR is playing pretty well. He's He's got enough playing time. Hopefully it doesn't uh, lag with the return of Jeff McNeil. Maybe he can play some third uh, without J.D. Davis there. But, uh, yeah, Chris Bryant's playing well. Lord Guriel. Uh, I know Rendon's been, uh, you know, day-to-day, but but he should be back. I just like his team offensively. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, if he can win hitting, uh, that pitching will follow right up. And, and yeah, I like Tony this week to win. Okay, Hugs got Tony. Brad, who do you have in this matchup? You know, um, this is just – this is probably the worst matchup of the week. Um, I think both teams are pretty poor. Um, Victor – Again, I don't. I don't think that his team is good. I don't think his starting pitchers are good. Um, stats may say one thing, but I. I just think it's a poor overall team. Um, the re. I, I'm going to go with Tony though on this, just because um, I laid the smackdown on him last week, and I think he got his feelings hurt. So I think he's going to try a little harder this week because he's embarrassed by losing to me last week by so many. Uh, so many categories. Um, I also think Victor just kind of got um, the wind knocked out of his sails this year. I think that, you know, with only having two wins, it's just, it's a hard feeling. It's hard to come back from, you know, not a lot of people can do it. Um, you're looking at me, I obviously can do it, but uh, starting off 0-4, but, you know, not not a lot of people have the stamina to just keep keep going. And I just, I don't think he has it. Um, I don't think his team has it. Uh, they can't get behind him. I, just, I don't think he can inspire him to, to do a good job. So I'll go with Tony. He's going with Tony and no surprise here. I'm picking Victor. Uh, it's something I almost always do because I believe in his team a lot more than other people apparently do. Sandy Alcantara and Anthony Descafani are having fantastic seasons. Also, Eric Fetty looks like a completely different pitcher this year. Um, so I, I think he's going to be able to keep up with Tony. He's going to win at least two pitching categories just easily uh he could win them by the end of day tomorrow for all we know and i hated uh i hated the trade he just made i like i think he was asking for way too much for uh oh what's his name um uh, on the what? a's Marcana. Marcana. mark can i have him um, he was asking for a premier pitcher and a premier reliever. And I heard about at least some of the players being offered to him and he was turning all those down. And then today, don't get me wrong. Tyler Rogers is a fine reliever, but Domingo Herman is not a good fantasy pitcher, not a good guy, definitely a, a domestic abuser. Like, I don't, it's just, I understand he's a Yankee, but he seems like he would be a Yankee that, he that should be available on waivers um, sometime soon. So I, so I don't think it was enough, but it was a bad trade that he made that still made his team better. 
So I guess I'll take it. I mean, Victor had some offense to spare. He's had a blow up from Jake Fraley. Brandon Lau is giving him a lot more than expected. CJ Crone is in Coors end of list of things about him. So I, his team did get better with that trade. I, I still hated it. That being said, I still think he's going to beat Tony this week. I, as always, I think Tony's team is a little underwhelming this season. Let me ask you this. Okay, so you say you didn't like the trade. I thought it was, you know, kind of a wash. I think both these teams got, you know, what they needed out of it. Uh, I think Domingo Herman could be a good you know, fourth or fifth starter for him. And, uh, you know, Tyler Rogers is is a closer uh, for a first place team in the, in the major leagues. Uh, at what point, if you are two, six, and three, at what point are you saying, mm, better start, uh, you know, throwing some anchors off this boat, uh, st- stuff that's weighing me down? A second round uh, Mark Canna, I'm sorry, a third round Mark Canna is not probably going to be kept. Um, and maybe he doesn't need help in that in that category. So, and this is just off topic whatever off topic subject at what point do these teams i mean i think there's what 10 weeks left including this week left in the regular season is there 11 yep Um, exactly halfway through the season okay exactly halfway through the season at what point do you think some of these teams especially in in our division uh should say damn i am like six games behind with 11 to go uh you know what how should i start unloading these people should i start playing for next year i, I know sutton's been doing this since the draft uh, but at what point do you think that this happens because this kind of felt like maybe this was that kind of trade i'm not going to keep kind of let's get somebody that maybe can help me and maybe i can keep going for it uh well he's not going to keep I, I don't i'm not even sure tyler rogers was drafted um he he wasn't but you know yeah, so i don't think keepers come into this I, okay. The only reason I'm saying it's a bad trade is because I know I know of some of the players who's being offered for Mark Canna and Tyler Rogers is probably the best reliever he was offered, but I think he probably got offered at least one package that was better with a good reliever and a good starter. Um, but like I said, it, the trade still made his team better. As for when to give up, when to start collecting keepers, similarly to John's kind of straddling the fence right now and he wants keepers in he wants to contend uh Sutton is just he's he's all in on keepers even though he's two games out of a playoff spot I'd say you can't do it until two weeks from now you give it two more weeks and if you lose both those weeks then yeah it's time um and that's where you look at guys like Adam and Victor and and, uh Tony I think John and Sutton two weeks from now if they lost two weeks in a row might feel this way Levi maybe the same way considering how he's playing against our division. Um, but I think it's too early. We're halfway through the season. If, if somebody gets hot and goes on a nine and two run, I mean, we've seen, I've gone on, you know, 13 game win streaks before. I'm pretty sure our dad got a 15 game win streak before. Some of these teams aren't capable of that, but it's, it's not outside the realm of possibility to get hot and find yourself in a playoff run all of a sudden. So I'd, I don't think we're quite there yet personally. Okay. I mean, fair enough. I just, I don't think, uh, I, I think that you got about four more weeks. Uh, I think when you're talking about somebody like Levi, there's just no way you can have, you can be four and a half games out, three games out of a playoff spot and say, 
I'm starting to trade away, you know, certain people. And if you're in Arthur Rhodes, you are two games out at the, at the worst. Um, Everybody in Arthur Rhodes right now should, and Sutton, if you ever played Sutton or text him privately, he says, I'm, I'm playing for next year. My team sucks. My team sucks playing for next year. Um, So I I know he's out, but everybody else should be playing um, because they, they can, anybody can win it's anybody's game you know in that division i'm facing sutton this week so i'm really hoping he's his, he keeps that spirit going i desperately need a win he'll try he'll he'll put forward the you know whatever but um but i know that's his mindset is that he's out all right moving on to the next matchup it's one of the two interdivision games this week it's camacho eight and three in arthur Rhodes going up against Tim's for my hooligans SC currently nine and two. These are the top two teams in the league. This is the matchup of the week. Brad, who do you have one in this matchup? Yeah, this is uh this is an exciting matchup, not only because they're the top two teams, but they're two people that I know very well. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think I introduced Matt to you guys. Yep. Uh, so he's, he's somebody I brought into the league and then Chase I've known almost my whole life. So uh, this is this will be an exciting one to mat, uh, to watch for me. Um, I, again, I, I think I said this earlier. I don't think Chase is in it um, right now. I think he's got a lot going on. He's driving to Beaumont two to three times a week. He's uh, he's uh, trying to fix a house that's flooded and redo a kitchen and live upstairs and has a baby and just it's a tough life, you know. I, I I'm kind of doing it myself and I know what he's going through. Um, it takes a lot to, to manage a baseball team and do all that stuff at the same time. So um, just looking at Chase's team, uh, Contreras, Guriel, Escobar, Ramirez, I don't know who any of these people are. You know, they're, they're not good. Um, you don't know who Jose Ramirez to, is? Yeah, I don't know any of these people. J.P. Crawford, Alvarez. Oh, no, I've heard of Jordan before. Mullins, Loreno. No, out. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – Matt on this one. Tim's for my hooligans. Um, he looks like he's got a better team. Just looking at it right now, it's got to be Tim's. All right. Uh, Brad doesn't know who Jose Ramirez or Cedric Mullins is. Uh, he is going to go ahead and get going Going to go ahead and pick uh, Matt for this one. I am going to pick Matt as well for different reasons. I have heard of all of the players on Chase's team, mostly because they recently beat the shit out of my team. You know how nice it is to see that Jordan has a homer tonight, Yuli's one for one with an RBI, and that's not a problem for me. Like last week really sucked. Cedric Mullins had two multi-homer home or two multi-homer games. Um, Loriano had a couple good games. Wisdom hit a few homers. Uh, Jose Ramirez hit a few homers, and then his Astros just raked so like i had a great offensive week it wasn't as good as his and same goes for pitching i i put up some good pitching numbers had some saves had some holes holds didn't hold up to his team uh the problem is i think matt's team is just too good right now and unless they cool off nobody's gonna beat him like his it's it's less no matter who's facing him it has less to do with who he's facing it has more to do with if his team can keep this standard of play up i mean he's number one in the roto rankings uh by quite a bit 
you know, Vlad Guerrero, Xander Bogarts, Christian Yelich, Juan Soto. This is a, a stupid fantasy team right now. Even with Shane Bieber uh, currently injured, I think he's just got too much to overcome, even for a team that's playing really well like Chase's. And by the way, I think Chase says his his head is in it. We texted a lot about our matchup last week, and I know for a fact he is one of the first people listening to this podcast tomorrow. So, um, uh, you know, Chase, sorry. Going to have to go with Matt. His team is a freaking juggernaut right now. Huck, who do you have? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, Brad's technique of evaluating these people. And I'm going to go, okay, so Chase uh, is a cancer. Uh, he has one kid. Uh, he likes long walks on the beach. Um, I think, you know, he, he's more, he has a tendency to like seafood. Chase um, cancer. You're saying astronomical sign. You're not saying he's a bad guy to have in the league. No, yeah, no, he's cancer. That's his sign. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, uh, he tends to seafood. Nice guy, very generous person. Um, yeah, Matt, on the other hand, uh, you know, also a nice guy. Uh, pretty generous twins fan. Uh, if you didn't know that about him, um, you know, I've known him for probably around four years. Um, pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I've hung out with him a lot. I know he likes to switch back from, uh, you know, smoking cigarettes, uh, to smoking a vape, uh, and then back cigarettes and back to vape. Uh, I don't know if he's on anything now. He might be vaping, may have quit. I don't know. I encourage it, whatever he's doing. Um, but yeah, saying all that and all that combined, uh, I'm going to go with Matt, uh, because I think, you know, <laughs> I pretty much explained it with everything I just said. So it's, it's the um, seafood, it's the seafood that hurts chase, I guess. Right, right. It's a deep, you know, an- analyzation of, of these two teams and, and yeah, when it comes down to it, uh, I'm going to go with Matt. Great. Awesome. And by the way, and you've, just, known, you've known Matt for five and a half years, not not four. Oh, okay. He's been Sorry. in the league for about five and a half years. He's our associate commissioner. Put some respect on the name. Oh, can you like cut that out and rewind it? I don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> Too bad. Hmm. Brad, Brad, did you have something to interject? I was just going to say, you know, you said Chase is in it because he's going to be the first one to listen to the podcast, but it's because he's going to be in his car driving to Beaumont and he's got nothing else to listen to besides the podcast. Well, he's, um, it, it gives him time to think about it, though, you know? Uh, sometimes thinking is bad for people. Um, and then secondly, I would like to say, you're right, uh, Shane Bieber is on the aisle. So, Matt, uh, if you want to get him off your books, I will uh, be interested in making a trade for him. We've Ooh, Brad has Bieber fever. We've reached the Brad talking trade portion of the podcast. We knew it was going to get hot. Didn't know it was going to be this hot. Um, we'll move on to the mm. next matchup. And it's another big one. Uh, so this is Sam Crawford going up against Arthur Rhodes. Two of the best of the best for, for each division. We're talking Dukes of Flatbush, who are currently 6-4-1. Going up against Rum Ham, Trevor, who is six, two, and three. I'm going to start us off, and I got to say I'm picking the Dukes. Um, Trevor's got a hot team. Don't get me wrong. He's coming off a, a pretty painful tie. I, I, I heard it. I heard it. I, I saw it in his, in his texts. Um, emotionally, I think his team's got a lot to deal with right now. This kind of feels like cheating, 
because I'm looking at his team and he's got an 8.49 ERA with 11 innings pitched right now. But a bigger reason for this is I think dad's got a lot of things to look forward to this week. Namely, I think George Springer um, is coming back this week, which is really exciting. I mean, not just for his fantasy team, but for those of us that even though he's not on the Astros anymore, just like George Springer, um, that should be fun to see. Uh, you know, Cody Bellinger's coming back for Trevor's team too, but, you know, between everything that dad's got starting pitching wise um, and the, the, he doesn't have as much relief pitching, but he has really solid relief pitching in Hader, Reyes, Devin Williams and Colin McHugh. Um, I, I just, I don't think Trevor's team has the momentum to take it home this week. I still think Trevor is obviously a, a top-notch playoff caliber team, but I don't think he's going to be able to pull it off. I'm expecting the Dukes to take it eight to six, eight to six, sticking with it, eight to six. Um, Huck, who do you have for this matchup? So uh, Chuck's team has really not, Dukes Flatbush has really not played uh, as as well as they have in the past um lately uh they've really fallen off these these past few weeks uh that being said um trevor's team has fallen apart of the seams i know he he put up uh, a good amount for cody bellinger being a big piece of that trade and really hasn't seen a lot out of him since then um and not that his team has you know kind of died off if you're rolling with meadows story tucker uh stanton bichette lux abreu and now tyler stewardson who's on par with uh with kind of falefa is that catcher who doesn't actually play catcher most of the time um then you're not really hurting uh on the other side uh duke's flat push pitching is very much better than uh rumham i think that uh we've seen frankie montas i know we're doing this on a monday and we're watching you know three of his pitchers pitch but all three of them are falling apart at the seams right now um they are all are they all are losing uh by a significant amount right now and have pretty high eras that's a that's a hole that you do not want to have to dig out of for the rest of the week just based on that, I know it's cheating, but I'm going to take Duke's Flatbush. I think that he can do better than the current 8.49 and 11.2 innings that Rumham has, um, as long as he hits uh, decently throughout the week, which he has a pretty good start out of Jonathan India and Adolis Garcia. Surprise, surprise. Uh, then, you know, he can take this one home. So uh, I'm going to take Duke's Flatbush. The Huck has the Duke's bread. Who do you have in this matchup? So I just played both of these teams. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with uh, with how both of them stack up. Um, I think I played Dukes. No, I played Rumham first in week nine. Then I played uh, Chuck in week 10. And uh, I do have to say, you know, Rumham was a way harder matchup. Um, I feel like I, I really, you know, I think the week I played – Dukes I wasn't really paying attention that week I got busy with stuff uh, and I still ended up winning that one yeah eight seven um but Rumham I was 
I was, you know, texting Trevor back and forth. I was trying. I was putting in streaming pictures, watching my lineup, making sure people were playing, uh, and still barely ended up squeezing a tie out. So just based off of how I, you know, played each one of them, how each each of their teams played me, uh, even with the pitching, I know uh, y'all do have a valid point, uh, but I, I'm going to go with Trevor and Rumham to win this week. Brad is putting respect on the Rumham this week. All right. Moving on to the next matchup, we've got an Arthur Road special. It's the Houston Tiger emoji. Chris, who's 6-4-1 going up against Andrew, uh, who I also believe is on a hot streak. I think he just had his first tie of the season, but prior to that, had two wins in a row. He's 4-6-1. and one. Puck, who do you have winning this matchup? They just faced each other, didn't they? Yep. They and just they just tied. tied. And they're facing each other again. And, yeah. you know, scheduling's weird. This is just one of those interesting ones. Yeah. Um, I think that for most of that week, Andrew had the lead uh, and Chris creeped up and, uh, and snuck back in and tied Chris's team. And I know why he's trying to make moves, especially for Marcana. Um, he's struggling. His team is very, is struggling pretty hard right now. Um, his pitching is not impressive, especially after that trade, uh, he, his bullpen is severely lacking. Uh, Rodriguez is a good closer. I think that, uh, he would be a good addition to the Astros bullpen, uh, later on in the, in, uh, you know, the summer when the trade deadline hits. Uh, but right now he's just not getting opportunities. Pittsburgh pirates are not good. Uh, he's not seeing the field. Same thing with Cisnero and Ian Kennedy. He's got a bunch of bad relievers, uh, and a bunch of below average starters. What he's trying to do is, it looks like, and maybe I'm wrong, is kind of like my strategy uh, with pitching, but just like Walmart brand. Um, it, it just it's it's garbage. It does doesn't look very good. Um, he's had some some pretty significant injuries uh, from the White Sox because he's got all the White Sox uh, on his team, and uh, and you know his his offense just isn't hitting well. They're just not doing good. I mean, I, I kicked his butt when I played him. He came out and tied a, a team that was four and six. Uh, so I, I really think that uh, that Joe DiMamio is going to take it up a notch and uh, and win this week. I think he, he's going to take it pretty handily, probably a 10-6-ish win. Um, but I'm going to take Andrew. Hugs taking Andrew. Brad, who do you have? Um. So I think uh, I love Chris's team name, the the Houston's. Um, I, I love the little tiger emoji too. It's cute. Um, I, I'm probably gonna go with him just because of that stuff. Um, also because he handed me uh, my first loss of the year. Uh, whooped me week one. Uh, totally demoralized me. Made me just really depressed to start the year off. Um, he does not have all of the White Sox, though. Um, he he didn't draft a guy named Grayson Gerke, who is on the White Sox, um, <laughs> and played really good this season. Um, he's in the farm but, system right now, right? Yeah, he's in the farm. He's coming up, but he could have put him NA on his NA list. But gotcha. um, anyways, I I think Chris is going to win this matchup. Uh, unlike what Huck just said, I think. Uh, I think he does have a good team still, and he's gonna he's gonna show it this week. 
Brad's taken Houston tiger emoji and the tiger emoji won him over. Um, I am going to agree with Huck and take Andrew. Um, did you guys see the the Severino for McCullers trade Andrew made with John? Yeah, I. That, it's, that's a statement move. That is well, a, sometimes I just think that John just isn't. I don't know if his head's just not all the way in it. I don't know. I I didn't like that even a little bit. I mean, I I understand it from both sides. John, well, why? John is trying to to put together all these keepers i don't understand the purpose for the two-year rebuild but at this point there's no turning back like at this point there's no way he goes uh you know what i'm gonna stop you know i i may have six na's but it's time to turn it around like it's a rebuild year for him he committed to it i have disagreed with it in the past but for what his strategy is which is collecting good late round valuable or uh, uh young na keepers this was a great trade for him. He wasn't going to keep Lance McCullers in what the third or fourth round. Um, and Severino should be back towards the end of July, probably on a pitch count, probably uh, not throwing the ball 97 miles an hour yet. But for next year, Severino in like the 18th round, that's a great keeper. But from Andrew's side, Andrew, like he held on to Severino all last year, all last year. He drafted him. Um, in the 18th round last year, after all of us were good and drunk and had forgotten about him, and he traded him for McCullers, who is truly just a this-year asset. And you take him, you pair him with Giolito, Max Fried, uh, Wade Miley, who's having an outstanding season, and Andrew's got a, a good stable of, of pitchers. Pair that with the fact that his hitting finally turned around. I, I mentioned Matt Olson and how he's mashing. He's batting 422 over the last two weeks. Everybody on his team is hitting homers. I, one of my biggest regrets so far this season is trading him, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds has 12 homers this year. I I didn't expect him to finish the year with, with double-digit home runs. Um, I thought he was just a contact-only hitter. He's batting third every day for the Pirates and just... Yeah, Reynolds is good. He's I mean, fantastic. if not for that shortened season last year where he kind of underperformed, I, I would have definitely kept him. I had him in the seventh round. I would have definitely kept him. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously uh, he batted around 200. So I couldn't couldn't quite do that. Um, He's a but, stud this year. He's no, but down. yeah, true. But the, the Severino thing, I, we don't really know what Severino is going to be when he comes back. And that's when he comes back now. So we've seen, uh, it's kind of like, uh, who's that guy for the AJ puck for the, for the A's. Every time you, you think he's going to come back, uh, there's some kind of nagging injury or some kind of something that, that pushes it back. So Severino comes back and it's really shitty to see, you know, I'm all for people coming back, especially high quality pitchers like Severino. Um, but every time that you think he's ready to come back and healthy, the groin happens or the elbow or, you know, loose body, something is going to happen. Uh, kind of reminds me of Syndergaard. It feels like years since we've seen Syndergaard. Um, and, and so Severino, you're buying an idea of maybe him being good uh, and, and having and trading away somebody like McCullers, who is a solid keeper. I mean, that's somebody that you would keep. I think was McCullers second rounder. Uh, I think he was third or fourth. He was a, he was a value pick for where he was. Okay. And that's somebody that you can actually keep and build off of, uh, in, in coming years. So is Severino going to work out? Yeah, probably. 
And if he does, you have him in a late round. Uh, but is there a, a, a 15, 20% chance that he doesn't, or he gets injured again, or he sucks. Uh, and then next year you're like, Oh, what did I, I just gave away McCullers for nothing? Cause you can guarantee that Andrew is probably going to keep McCullers at that, at, at that round. So uh, I didn't like the trade one bit. I, I hate seeing people, uh, you know, rebuilding uh, when we're less than halfway through the year. I mean, that trade was last week. So we, technically we were less halfway through the year, uh, but you know, it's not my division, so I can't really speak to it. So for context, Severino in 2018 made all 32 starts, had over 200 strikeouts. He was great. 2019 only made three starts before tearing his UCL. He was my first round keeper um, in 2019, tore his UCL, uh, waited to get Tommy John, was hoping to, to rehab it and come back in August. And in the end, just ended up rehabbing it until August and then getting Tommy John, which really sucked. Uh, mm. he was supposed to be ready by mid to late June. And then he injured his groin, uh, which I, a writer on the athletic mentioned something like, you know, the groin injuries is not ideal, but it's completely separate from the UCL. And if anything gives him a little bit more time to build that strength up, you know, play pitch more on a, on the mound and, and, you know, avoid injury as much as possible. So I don't think Severino is such a, as much of a gamble as you think. You know, it, just, it just shows the fragility of the guy. I mean, if he's getting hurt in multiple spots, like, oh, well, it's not his arm. I mean, <laughs> could be anything. Yeah, I know. you could say that. And, and you know, pitchers get blisters all the time. And I think any pitcher in a late round is is a risk. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think John was keeping McCullers regardless, um, depending on, I, I guess, pending McCullers, like how well he pitches this year. But I, I didn't hate the trade. As for the matchup, um, I, I don't hate Chris's team. He's got a lot of players that like, I, I, he's going to need more pitcher streaming spots. And I think that's where he's going to lose guys like Kyle Seeger and Zach McKinstry, um, who he doesn't really need anymore. Now that, you know, Acuna is healthy. Cabrian Hayes is healthy. Like his, his team is back and ready to roll. And he's got a couple of really good pitchers. I mean, Savali is going tonight and, you know, pitching like Savali looking good. Already has 10 wins this season. And Urias, who was our mystery guy two weeks ago, he's still having a hell of a season. He just doesn't have a whole lot of bodies, though. Um, so, and I, I agree with you. I think his his relief pitching is underwhelming. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm picking Andrew for this week. Uh, I think he, he pulls it out and he gets back on a positive note. Let's move on to the next matchup. So this one... We got a clash of the Titans here. Uh, team we were just talking about, the Never Nudes, John, who's three, seven, and one, going up against Sam Crawford's own Oscar Snubs, Levi, who is four, six, and one. Brad, who do you have winning this matchup? You're muted. Brad, you're muted. Which we appreciate you muting. I know that there was uh, there were kids running around. Yeah, sorry. And I had to l lift the screen up. I was getting dark. Um, sorry about that. Um, so I, at first, when I look at this matchup, right off the bat, I wanted to just write Levi off because I offered to trade him spots in the division and give him an opportunity to go to the easier division and I go to the harder division with uh, the people that I, I know more. But he denied that and didn't want to do that. So um, that's why I kind of don't want to pick him. 
But then once I looked at Dirk's team, uh, it looks like he doesn't have Bregman. He doesn't have Trout. Um, he's got another guy that's injured. Uh, he really takes advantage of his NA spots. I'm excited to see what uh, Wander does. Um, uh, Severino is also injured. Um, just his, his team's not looking too good right now. Um, so I'm actually going to have to go with Levi, unfortunately. Um, so I think, uh, I think, uh, Oscar snubs for the win. Okay. Let me just jump in real quick and address the idea of you and Levi just trading spots and divisions. I don't, I don't even know how to address that. Like, I, like, what makes you think that you could just say, hey, me and Levi are switching spots? You drafted your division, didn't you? No, wait, was, no, Kevin drafted your division. Yeah, I was, I was offering trades. I was offering trades. It was, it was part of a trade. Okay, well, for what it's worth, if you're going to before offer, the Before the season started, too. So no uh, one knew how good it was or, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, that's still not allowed, but I... I guess it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I called know. Levi. I asked him to trade wives and he said, no, I'm still going to pick him. So Brad picks Levi. Uh, I am also going to pick Levi, despite the fact that it's wander week. It's a really exciting time for John's team. Uh, like, you know, it's, we're all kind of excited. If you're a baseball fan, you're happy that wander is going to be, playing baseball for the Rays at some point this week. That's, that's cool. Um, his hitting still doesn't stack up against Levi's, you know, for, for all the weaknesses of Levi's team this season, offensively, he's been a top five team every single week, you know, on, on the Roto rankings, he's currently fifth in offense. And that, I mean, that is a huge cut above. He is the, he's the mark of the upper tier. The next best team after him is, almost 30 full points and Roto points below him in the Roto rankings. He's, he's got a great offense. Levi's weakness all season has been pitching. Um, and I think this week he's going to be able to take John, despite the fact that John just got Zach Gallen. Uh, just, we made that trade. I traded him. Uh, it was Zach Gallen and Jorge Soler for um, Tommy Pham and, and Blake Trinan and uh, starting pitcher of some sort, I think. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at it. It's bad that I can't remember it right now. But either way, mm. he's he's got Zach Gallon. He's got Trevor Bauer. He's got Woodruff. Three legit aces, and that's great. Uh, he still doesn't have roster spots. Yes, Wander's coming up, so I guess that frees up one for him. But Bregman's injured, and so uh, well, I guess he's still only using four injuries. O'Neill Cruz needs to be dropped. He won't do it. He won't drop O'Neill Cruz because O'Neill Cruz is a six foot seven or six foot eight shortstop. And we all just want to see it happen. And when we see it in the majors, John wants him to be on his roster. That's it. That's all there is to it. So even with John's elite pitchers, like this is like individual pitchers, that's where Levi does well. You know, Aaron Nola, Urquidy, uh, Dick Hill, you know, Zach Wheeler, those are great individual just one start pitchers if he can stream well around them or pay attention enough to stream well around them you know swap in guys for zach davies for you know fleming from tampa bay um then i i think he can just roll over john this week he's already got a homer tonight from albies so i i think he's got he's got more than enough ammo to beat john 
as John is rebuilding. It just it, it it's going to depend on whether or not he's willing to. I'm still picking Levi this week. How could he have? It, am I missing something? Did Phil? Oh, I'm uh, I'm just out of it. Wait, Zach Wheeler. Yep. Plays for Philadelphia, who did not play today. You are correct. Is However, he showing up they for? Do, they play tomorrow. I know, but is he showing up as eight eight innings pitch, twelve strikeouts for you? No. On the desktop, no. For no. Oscar snubs, anyway. Okay, uh, I, I I see that differently. You're, I don't you're know. Looking at two weeks ago, or the whatever the June tenth matchup is. Okay, yeah. No, it just disappeared. It just disappeared. But yeah, it shows up, it disappears. I don't know. Yeah, who's playing tricks on my mind? Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think John's team is in a sad spot, especially uh, if he doesn't have Bregman and he doesn't have Trout playing. Uh, you're 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 getting a free pass here uh, against this team. Starting Miguel Andujar, I know he just picked up Duvall, who's on fire. Uh, Solaire's not playing well. It's just, it's not a very good team. I think with all those people up with Trout and Bregman, this is a playoff team, especially in y'all's division. I think that when this team's at full strength, um, that that this could be a, a playoff team. Trevor Bauer and Woodruff um, have not been pitching up to par like they probably should have, should be uh, this season, which should, both could be Cy Young contenders and both aren't playing that way. Uh, but I think that uh, they could be in the second half of the season if if uh, if given the chance. Uh, but but Levi's team is pretty good. I, I think that Wit, Ozzy, uh, and Fernando Tatis are playing out of their mind like right now, which as they should. Uh, Levi's pitching uh, with Aaron Nola is, is pitching pretty well. Um, his bullpen game, you know, as long as the the Royals can play in some some decently close games. Uh, he can he can be there. I don't think Levi is a playoff team, but at this point in the season, in this matchup right now, uh, I think he beats John's and John in offense and can outpitch him. So I'm picking Levi. So he's only got two of the Kansas City relievers now. I still think it's just so bizarre. Um, and also, Whit Merrifield uh, two days ago had a rare three steal game. If I'm facing somebody who has one player that has a three-steal game, kind of like Ethan at Schwarber get three homers yesterday, if I'm facing somebody who gets a three-steal game, I'm going to be really pissed. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, in all fairness, he stole second and then stole third, and then had a steal later in the game. But, uh, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah, it's kind of rough. All right. Any thoughts on the trade with me and John, Zach Gallon, Tommy Pham? Mackenzie Gore was the starting pitcher I received. I mean, John's trying to trade Gallon away or trade somebody away. I mean, he hit the big, um, I think the big piece to that was Gallon um, on John's end. Uh, and now he's like, I have too many starting pitchers and it's, Sometimes I wonder, you know, if he does this in the car on the way to work or, you know, what he's doing or maybe Friday night, Saturday night after he's had too few many beers. I, I don't know, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, it, it just seems like he's going backwards with some of these trades. So John uh, actually negotiated this for a little over a week um, and finally started texting about it on Saturday. Just Mackenzie Gore is in the seventh round, same as Trout. Trinan is not someone he would keep, and Tommy Pham is not someone he would keep. 
And so that really, he's just trying to get the best capable player back for those assets. And Zach Allen in the fifth, who just came back early from injury, is uh, what he was looking for. So, yeah, fair enough. He got it. Um, Next matchup, looking at a big one, at least in Mm. my eyes, really important. The disabled list, yours truly, suffering, three-game losing streak, sitting at five and six in the division. Like I'd like, to, I wish there was a like a Sam Crawford version of the U, like the Sam Crawford division, um, mm-hmm. going up against in play runs Sutton three seven and one. Which before we start talking about this, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick my team and I'm gonna tell you why. But do you guys think that Arthur Rhodes should be able to rename their team now that there's a new holds leader? Um, somebody surpassed. I think it was. Uh, for the Giants, the uh, Tony Watson. Tony Watson. Should they be allowed to be the Tony Watson division? Would they want to be the Tony Watson division? Brad, how would you feel about being in the Tony Watson division rather than Arthur Rhodes? I didn't uh, like the Arthur Rhodes name to begin with. So, um, and I don't think I like the Tony whatever Watts either. Um, I think we need just a rename altogether, but neither of those two. Neither of those two. Brad's going with yeah. neither. Um, Huck, do you think you think that makes sense, or are we sticking with Arthur Rhodes, even though he's no longer the all-time holds leader? Uh, I I think that's up to them. Uh, I don't. It, to me, I wasn't into naming the divisions. Whatever. I I didn't really have a strong opinion on that. I think that they can call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. Uh, the fact is that somebody who's five hundreds in the playoffs in their division. Uh, it, that should be more of a worry uh, for them than what they're called. Um, but whatever it is, I, I hope that they talk about it in the off season um, and, and, and take care of it there. I, I don't think that you should change it midway through the season. Well, yeah, you're not going to change it. Yeah. And, and first off, we never got to choose our name. It was chosen for us. Right. By your, so. by your division captain. Yeah. So, all right, hot topic, a lot of emotion. Uh, I am going to beat Kevin this week, and let me tell you why. Um, I I had a good week against Chase. Like, my team played well against Chase. There was a point in time on Sunday where I actually think I was going to beat Chase, or I thought I was going to beat Chase. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. So, nothing I can really do there. My team's starting off looking pretty sharp, batting 091 right now. Um, but the one hit was a homer by Bobby Bradley, getting a good start by Jake Odorizzi. Fact of the matter is, I am I am playing for this season, even though I'm five and six and on a three-game skid. I know that Sutton is not. I expect more trades for him over the next couple of weeks. He's also dealing with some pain in the ass injuries. He has way more injured players than he has spots for right now. But John Means and Matthew Boyd are both keeper candidates, so he's not going to drop them. Um so, I mean, he's got a couple aces I'm worried about with Lance Lynn and, and you Darvish and Jesse Winker's absurd. And he's got a lot of good hitters. I, I think I've got a better team. I think my team writes the ship this week and I'm picking myself. Huck, who do you have? Oh, I'm going to pick your team. It's easy. And I love Sutton. Uh, you know, if he's listening to this, this is nothing personal, but this team, his fantasy strategy, whatever it is, is just bad. It's just not good. Um, anybody who doesn't properly utilize NAs 
Um, I, I think that the AJ Puck is not really an NA at this point. Uh, doesn't really properly utilize NAs. Their team is a lot of free agents and not people who are, uh, you know, filling in for injuries per se, but more permanent people. I think uh, maybe Barnhart, Harrison, uh, to an extent, Naquin's really fallen off from his early year, uh, you know, hot streak. Uh, Miles Straw bats eighth and, uh, you know, is not very good. Yerman Mercedes uh, hasn't hit a gotten a hit since April, I think. Um, and it's just this team is just it, it's rotting from the inside. It's not good. I just got done playing them at no point from Monday all the way to Sunday. Was I ever uh, in fear of losing this team because their offense is so bad? I think that you could literally march out Freeman, Altuve, Devers, and Correa and beat him offensively, uh, which is probably what you're going to do. Um, on the pitching end, it's he's not nearly as bad. Uh, I think his pitching is is pretty good and compete on that end, um, even without Glasnow, Glasnow or or Means. Uh, but I think just his hitting is just god awful. Um, and as long as he doesn't dominate you from top to bottom in pitching, you should take this one pretty handily. I'm going to disagree with you on AJ Puck. I, I don't have an issue with him keeping stashing NA Puck or AJ Puck as in an NA slot as a late round stash because we're not we're not naming keepers until next February. You know, like if he's got the NA slot, who else is he going to use it on? I I think I think holding AJ Puck there is is a fine strategy. If for no other reason than the same thing John's doing with Severino, like you don't know what the news is going to be on AJ Puck come October, come December, come February, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm talking about draft. I mean, in the draft, um, having a minor league system like we have, and, and I'm all for making it four if you wanted to do that, uh, you know, but if you're not utilizing all those spots for, minor league players or people that you think will be value coming up, uh, you're probably not doing something right now. I'm not saying that all NAs should be prospects because a lot of times you take these prospects and you move them for different pieces throughout the season. And then you have open NA spots uh, that you can fill with whatever, but from the draft standpoint on uh, you should utilize these uh, for, for, upcoming minor leaguers yeah i so i i don't mind riley green i don't mind puck and i know weathers was just stashed there this past week because he has it um like weathers pitched for him last week got a win for him and then he just put him in an a slot because weathers got sent down so i don't mm. that's that's just him using it otherwise it would go to sam huff who i think has been droppable since the day he drafted him um and he's taking up an il slot but that's just me brad who do you have in this matchup um, I disagree with almost everything Huck just said. Okay. I think that in play runs, um, has a, a great team. Um, you know, if you look at Kitteridge and you look at King and you look at, well, he's injured. You got Darvish coming up. Um, he's got a wonderful team. Winker. I like that name. It's cute. Um, 
Joey Votto, good first baseman. Uh, he's he's got a good team, and he should be proud of himself. Uh, doesn't need to give up this early. Uh, uh, I like you know, I don't like his name of his team, but you overall, know the, you know the meaning behind the name, though, right? Uh, in play runs. Yeah. Mm, is it like a scoring thing? No. So whenever you're looking at, uh, if you're looking at like the ESPN app, and like somebody gets a hit uh like it'll say you know ball and play or something like that or you'll you'll see the little animation it'll be a fly out um if you're watching it while the play is going on if somebody's like hit a double but the play's still going on and it updates live it says ball and play comma runs run with an apostrophe s or a mm -hmm. parentheses s and it just says like the ball's in play People are scoring on the play, um, and it's just – it's a little reference to that. It's something you only see for three seconds at a time whenever you're watching play-by-play -play on your computer or on your phone. Gotcha. It's yeah, a very so good team name. It's so a very a, good not, team name. So not a good team name is what I – No, it's a, it's a very good team name, and I when he put it out there, and I knew exactly what it was, and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I'm watching MLB.com. I'm watching the Twins game and and uh, and Reds game, and I'm hoping to see a, an in-play run soon. It's always exciting. Mm, okay. It lets you know you've got there's some news coming. Yeah. I get yeah. Well, anyways, with with all that said, I'm gonna go with Max. I think that he's gonna win this <laughs> um, single handedly, like easy easy win. You should be six and six, five hundred for the the year. Congrats. Easy easy win. I'll take it. Um, I got you. Bring up Jesse Winker. Adorable last name. Also batting 341 with 17 homers this year. I think he's one of the most absurd. Like he's he's one of those guys that our dad rostered um at least at one point during the season for the last like three years. And now all of a sudden he's just blown up. He is an absolutely incredible hitter and is definitely going to be a keeper for Sutton. So at least he's all-star game. All-star look for him in Denver. Oh yeah. Well, it's I I would like to see him in the home run derby, but I'm not sure he's gonna participate in that. Yeah. All right. Our second to last matchup is an important one uh, to members of this podcast. We're looking at the wild card, Brad, who's currently four, four, and three, uh, which is just a win loss record you don't see very often. Going up against Master Chief Wahoos, who's three, seven, and one. Huck, who do you have in this matchup? All right. So, uh, you know, I, I agree. Brad has been on a little streak. I, I like. Some of the moves he's made, whether they're lucky or not, uh, you know, Josh Naylor has come out and, uh, you know, he's usually a platoon guy uh, that you play against lefties, but he came out tonight and uh, hit a home run for him. You know, Brad picked him up purely because he's an Indian and, you know, it worked out for him. So that's good. I know Adam's been scuffling on the other side. Uh, his team has not been hitting lately. He's been struggling, and I think that's been really his downfall because his pitching, on the other hand, um, has been doing okay. Pablo Lopez, Casey Mize, Ian Anderson uh, have been pretty good. The, the, the thing that he really struggles with, that Adam really struggles with, is the fact that um, he has never a bullpen. Uh, he's suffered a few injuries, and his team's just not hitting. Uh, so if he can get that turned around, which I, I think he can this week, I, I think that he can uh, he can put together, you know, a, a, a winning team, uh, then 
then I think he can take down Brad and his his uh, magical tie streak or tie slash win sprinkled in streak. Um, because Brad's team is built up on the pillars that, you know, are Salvi Perez, Paul Goldschmidt, Bryce Harper, uh, Lynn Dorsman playing is a really down season for him. Uh, but I, I think that at one point uh, those pillars aren't going to come through for him and, and uh, he's going to be out starting pitchered or out uh, out pitched in the starting pitcher category. And, it, you know, he's going to, he's going to be, I think that's this week and I'm going to pick Adam to beat him. Hey, Brad, defend yourself. Why is Huck wrong? Um, he might not be wrong. I, I don't know. Who knows? You're right. My starting pitchers are, are up in the air. I'm not saying I'm going to win starting pitcher category. Uh, it's not looking good to start off right now. Ian Anderson looks like he's going to get quality starting and win uh, unless Lindor can hit a home run or, or something for me. Um, but uh, off to a bad start, but I, I think that my pillars are going to play good. I think that McCutcheon has been on fire lately. You know, I don't watch a lot of the Philly games, but for some reason, like my app will go off on my phone. It's like McCutcheon, home run, McCutcheon, home run. So as long as he keeps hitting home runs, I'll take him. Uh, Bryce Harper seems to be healthy. Again, I, I can never tell with him lately. He's injured. He's healthy. He's injured. He's healthy. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't think Adam has a good team. I never thought Adam had a good team. Um, still don't. So that's why I think I'm going to win. Wild card. Brad's taken himself. Wild card. Um, this is a tough one for me to pick. So, obviously, love Brad's closers. Love them a lot. It's weird, Brad, how much of your matchup uh, depends on the game that's going on right now. Arizona versus Milwaukee, where you've got both pitchers. Like, if, if I'm you, I'm watching this on the ESPN play-by-play. It's right on. Now. It's on. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a lot. Also, you got to get Christian Javier off your bench. He's got an inning pitch tonight. He's a reliever for the Astros now, and he's awesome. Um, beyond that, Brad stunned. I, I like I like some of the players on Adam's team. I really think I, I'm not saying he should be a playoff team necessarily, but I don't think he should be three seven and one. Um, I think he he's taken a couple steps in the right direction. Like I obviously love the Harold Ramirez and Billy McKinney pickup from last week and Max Stassi. He's just, he listened to the podcast and he's like, fuck it. I'm doing all of it. I'm picking all of it up. Um, I believe he's got Franny coming back this week. I believe Max Muncy is nearing a return. Yeah. He's going to come back tomorrow. So his team's going to start looking healthier. He does have relievers. He just traded for Matt Barnes. Molanson has gotten a ton of saves this year. And, you know, as you mentioned, his starting pitching is good. The problem here is Brad has a legitimate team this year. Like he's, he's had contenders before that were carried by individual players. I think it's less reliant on individual guys this year. I mean, Francisco Lindor has been a fat sack of garbage for most of the season. Like he is not playing like anything we expected, let alone anything the Mets expected when they gave him a big bag of money. Um, <clears throat> Bryce Harper's on and off the injured list, but he's getting huge production out of Sally Perez. You know, Paul Goldschmidt is uh, slightly above average first baseman this year, but then he had an insane hot streak from Austin Riley. 
you know, between that and the crazy production he's getting out of Freddie Peralta, um, Christian Javier was, has been having a good year, whether it's in the bullpen or not. And he's going to win saves. He's going to win saves. And at the very least, he's not going to lose saves. I think that makes him a favorite to win or tie, but I mean, I'm going to give him the win this week um, over Adam. It's, it's, it's not an absolutely dominant team, but it's a team that should win the categories that they're set up to win. Like it's, it's Brad's got a lot of consistency on his side, which I think is something he hasn't been able to say in years past. So thank you, um, Max. Another loss would be really, I, I think at that point, Adam would start doing some real keeper uh, consolidating. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for Adam's sake, maybe he, he gets a little bit more success this week. Brad, what's it going to take to get Bryce Harper? And and what's it going to take to get you to text anything back? But, hmm. So, uh, just to be very blunt with you, Bryce Harper will be on my team until he retires. Yeah, that's all anybody wanted to hear. That's all anybody needs to hear. Same goes for, I'm guessing, Goldschmidt. Same goes for Goldschmidt and same goes for Lindor. Okay. So, that... People listening, Chris, Andrew, John, myself, this is inf- this is information we all need so that we can quit, you know, having these ideas in our head where we go, man, yeah. I've got an offer that can make Brad's team better and I get a great keeper and just get to go, hmm, it just breaks our heart every time. You're doing a disservice by not trading away Lindor. I just think that Lindor is just not. I, I know he's in the 17th round, but I'm sure somebody would pay you way more than he's worth. He's in the 17th round, though. I, yeah. I'd yeah. be interested to see what somebody would offer at this point. You, I mean, you're not going to get market value for him, but I would be interested to see what somebody would give as like a buy low um, and whether you'd actually be able to rip a throat or not. But that's that's beside the point. We're going to move on to our final matchup of the week before we hit our uh, our special one of once in a lifetime segment afterwards our final matchup is probably the second toughest matchup of the week um, behind chase and Matt's. it's safe fair seven three and one on a hot streak since week six going up against another team that has had a lot of success this season shalom y'all six four and one ethan um he's he's got a lot of home run hitters he's, he's just getting success all over the diamond brad who do you have in this matchup I'm going to go with Huck. He's got a good team this year. He's off to a hot start right now. Um, looks like his, uh, like he said earlier, relief pitching is pretty strong. Um, DeGrom came out strong today. Um, looks like he did not get the win. Oh, is, is this the second game he's pitching, or did he pitch the first game? No, he got the win in the first game. Oh, he did. Oh, okay, he did. All right, so I'm off to a good start. Um, yeah, I'll go with Huck for this one. Uh, I don't really know much about Shalom Y'all's team. Um, I see that he does have Kyle Schwarber, who got me a little ding in that uh, round earlier today. So he's good. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll still, I'll still go with Huck for the win this week. Okay, you're going with Huck. This is another one that's a little bit tougher for me. Um, I think in order to win this week, Ethan needs to dominate offensively, which is something his team is definitely capable of doing. Kyle Schwarber is 
crazy hot. Nick Castellanos is one of the most exciting players in baseball right now. Um, he, he got an EU Henio homer tonight, and we didn't even mention him on the podcast before this, so he's due another home run tomorrow. Um, or maybe it's trade talks. I don't actually know how it works, but Ethan's pitching is, is okay, and he's going to win three pitching categories. But Huck is going to cruise through five pitching categories and has a chance to win K's this week. It's a, it's a two-start week for Jacob deGrom, which sucks. Like, that's just shit luck. Jason, Jacob deGrom pitched today. He pitches again on Saturday against the Phillies. Um, and that's just matchup-wise. I mean, today he pitched on a seven-inning game. He only pitched five innings. And so, like, the strikeout number isn't absurd. There was no quality start with it. But he's going to have to face DeGrom again. He's going to have to face Otani pitcher at some point this week. And then Huck has all those relievers. So unless somebody gets blown up, Ethan's really in danger of just starting off down six to two pitching wise. Like I, is, I think he leans in, he, he keeps streaming. Um, he's got some solid pitchers on his team. So maybe they all get really hot, but he's, he's starting off looking up uh, like he's, he's starting off down to Huck, I think due to pitching. So I'm going to pick Huck in this one with the caveat that I think it's going to be a seven, six, eight, five situation. Um, and it could easily flip again if Ethan can just dominate offensively, uh, which it's very possible. You know, Mountcastle can get cold again. Dalbeck still sucks. Um, he still sucks. I don't care what you say. He still sucks. Pete Alonso, though, is legit. Kind of fluffa. Like you have some legit hitters on your team, Huck. It's it's it is a real situation for him to look up at, especially with Otani, um, obviously hitting home runs every single day, but. He's still got a shot here. That being said, I'm picking Huck. Huck, defend yourself. Explain why you're going to win. Uh, yeah, two week. It it would be really hard for me to stomach a, a two start week for for Degrom losing that one. Uh, because when there's a two start week for Degrom, we're talking anywhere from 15 to 25 strikeouts. Uh, I know that seems ridiculous, but it's not. Uh. I know he only got six today and I was kind of glad that it was a seven inning game because this is his first one off DL and the first one that he finished healthy, which was really good. Um, but usually when this happens, I mean, come on, are we really doubting that he could get eight or nine more strikeouts on Saturday against a team that strikes out a lot in the Phillies? No. So uh, that will put me at anywhere from 30 to 40 strikeouts in the week. Uh, and, and, you know, it, I like my chances if when that happens. Um, offensively, uh, I've, I'm going to get more at bats than him, like I do everybody else every single week, uh, just because I don't have to take these roster spots and push them towards pitching. I, I use them on hitters. I get as many at bats in as I could possibly can, um, and so I will probably lose average, plot, probably lose OPS. Uh, but I, I have a chance to win all the other ones. Um, I know you say Bobby Dalbeck and take a second to defend the Dal Bobby Dalbeck thing. Uh, if, if I, Bobby Dalbeck wouldn't be on my team if I had lost some of these games, but the fact is I can hold him. I can keep him. I can harness him. I can give him love, um, because I'm on such a win streak and see what he becomes, uh, see if he becomes the man that I thought he always could be as my 13th round pick. Um, so, yeah, I, I am quite worried about Cassianos, 
um, and Suarez. I, I think that, you know, having both those guys on your team is, is really one of the reasons that his team is doing so well this season, along with obviously Kyle Schwarber. Um, but yeah, I, I have to, you know, give uh, Ethan props. I mean, you know, I, I know at the draft and prior to this, I've said, you know, I would love to have Ethan in my division because he's been, uh, you know, below average as a, as a manager, but this season he's come out and displaced some of these teams that are usually in the playoffs uh, and, and been really good. I think that he's got, you know, a, a really well-rounded team uh, and it's going to be closer than I think. I, I just think I, I win this week. Okay. Worth noting. Uh, there were five shore bombs Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. five over the course yeah. of two days. Makes sense. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's going to do it for the matchup portion of the podcast. Now we're going to move on to a, a topic that's near and dear to Brad's heart. And it's something that I think we all can learn from, especially me personally, because this isn't a topic I know a whole lot about. We're going to be talking seltzers. So, mm. Brad, you've uh, how many seltzers like of the popular ones have you tried? I'm not I'm not talking different variations. I'm talking brands. How many do you think you've tried um, just as background for when you rank your top three? So brands themselves. So White Claw, White Claw, Truly's. Uh, Bud Lights, uh, High Noons, um, those are kind of the, the main ones. And out of each of those, they have multiple different flavors, right? Right. Um, but I think those are kind of what I stick to. Oh, you know what? No, I've had the Topo Chico's and I've had the Corona Seltzers as well. So six different brands, give or take some. I might have had some not knowing. Um, uh, but give or, give or take six different brands. Uh, with multiple different flavors so uh that's that's about how many seltzers uh from a seltzer review standpoint though i just started doing seltzer reviews uh probably no no more than a week ago it was actually started on my beach vacation we randomly woke up one morning and grabbed snapchat and did a 7 a.m seltzer review uh thought it was hilarious and uh just kept at it and i've been doing seltzer reviews ever since i'm probably have eight or nine seltzer reviews down i'll uh, send the spreadsheet in the uh in the group chat uh, to show you all the different seltzers and what what i rank them at perfect i love it um would you mind giving us your top three flavors with brand included um with any background that you have on them yeah yeah so um i'll go i'll work my way backwards so i'll give you number three first so uh third favorite is going to be the high noon lime uh, it's a solid uh, seltzer. Actually, this seltzer you only can get at the liquor store. It's a vodka. So it, unlike the White Claws and the Trulies, which are like a wine malt base, uh, this is a, a true vodka uh, seltzer. Um, 100 calories, uh, 5% alcohol, um, strong, strong third place. Uh, second place, I'm going to have to go with the White Claw lime um you see a theme there i'm a, a lime seltzer guy your favorite uh, yeah and that's a five percenter uh 100 cal uh just a, a nice sit outside on a hot day kind of drink uh, and then number one by far is the mango white claw mango white claw unbeatable so far in the seltzer review challenge not no one's even close 
Uh, it's at the top of the boards at an 8.7 right now. I think the next uh, is that lime white clawed. I think it's like an 8.1 or 8.2. Um, but yeah, nothing close. So yeah, white claw mango, if you haven't tried it, highly recommend it. Um, uh, let them know that I recommended you and uh, you can get 20% off uh, with the code uh, wildcard. Wildcard. <laughs> Hashtag wildcard. Um, can I ask you about the high noon lime real quick? How sugary is it? So I've had the mango white claw. I don't yes. do well with sugary liquor. It always yes. gives me a shitty hangover. So, yeah, they all uh, they all have about two grams of sugar in them. You don't see any seltzers with more than two grams of sugar. So that's that's the purpose of the white claw, right? Or the seltzer in general. Seltzer in general is for your your wife who says she's gluten intolerant and can't drink beer. So you have to give her a seltzer because it's gluten free and it's low in sugar and it's and it's healthy for you. Um, for me, I just, I like them. I, I can slam a bunch of them really easily in the hot weather and it's a good drink to mix with beers. I still drink beer, of course, but, yeah. um, they're all pretty, you know, respectively healthy for an alcoholic beverage. Okay. All right. Huck, uh, do you have your top three seltzers? So I tried, uh, my favorite seltzer of all time yesterday, okay. uh, last night after the Astros game, uh, we headed to, uh, Deacon Baldy's which is a food truck bar uh, right behind my house. And you would never believe uh, it's a pina colada hard seltzer. Uh, it's odd sides uh, from Grand Haven, Michigan, and it is on tap. So you can't get on tap. I'm not from this bar. So this bar is mainly uh, just a bunch of on tap. Um, I, I, you probably can get it in a can. Uh, I just was like, are you kidding me? There's a, there's a seltzer on tap. And I brought it to the, the, the picnic table that we were sitting at. And Stephanie goes, you got a water. And I was like, hell yeah, I got a water. I got to, I got to hydrate. And I gave it to her and she tried it. She's like, it's not water. <laughs> um, 5% really good. They have a watermelon and a pina colada. The water, the pina colada is clear. Um, the watermelon came pink. Uh, but that is for sure my favorite. Um, I like uh, I like white claws. I guess um, I, I I don't want to pound like eight or nine black cherries uh, because I had a a colon scare. Uh, you know, everybody that gets up after they uh, take a BM usually looks and inspects the BM. I, I know I'm not the only one that does that, uh, but after like eight or nine of those black cherries, uh, it, it came out like super red. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? But it just turns out it's just, you know, drinking these artificially black, red drinks. Black cherry is clear. Is it? Yeah. Well, all there was something else. Are clear. No, not all seltzers are clear. All um, White Claws, Trulies, and High Noons are. Really? Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But, uh, but yeah, I haven't drank black cherry since then. Um, <laughs> it just, you know, out of out of fear straight up mind. fear yeah. yeah peace of mind you get the same um, thing if you eat uh, uh captain crunch oops all berries you oh gosh a bunch of those and you'll get a scare and then obviously saint patrick's day beer has given me many uh many odd mornings where i wake up the next day and just kind of forget why what is happening is happening to me brad in college what was it the the gummies gummies gummy bears you eat enough fruit snacks 
your uh yeah. your shit will be lime green like glowing <laughs> glowing well that's all brad used to eat in college was uh goldfish and those little welch's gummies yeah so so yeah she's like it's like kennedy um but uh but yeah no, I'm, I, I'm interested in this odd sides I'm, I'm looking for like where you can buy odd sides seltzers and was it's it vodka just- or was it malt no, it's yeah. it's it's a and I don't know, it just says hard seltzer. It's a pineapple coconut hard seltzer, sixteen ounce draft. Uh, I don't know, I don't know anything else about it. I had it last night. It was like a clear, out of the tap seltzer. It was amazing. Well, I'm gonna have to try and find that because uh, pina colada. Well, you're coming down in a few weeks, right? Yeah. Do you have it there? Oh, we I can mean, just go to Deacon Baldy's. Yeah, it's just right behind. Well, it's not behind my house anymore, but it's, you know, it's not too far. Well, part of why I'm asking. So another another cool call out for the podcast. Uh, a member of the National Pastime Dynasty is getting married this coming Saturday in his mm. backyard. Talking about Huck's opponent this week, Shalom Y'all, is mm. uh, getting himself a wife on Saturday. Okay. So, Congratulations to him. Yeah, I will tone down uh, the the shit talking. I will wish him happy Otani Day on Wednesday, just like I do all my opponents, as, uh, should. as I should. But uh, but yeah, congratulations, Ethan. That's that's awesome. Yeah, they yeah, are. Congrats, Shalom, y'all. Very exciting. Are, man. They are all moved into their new house, um, which is about a three-minute drive from the new house we're renting. I would be lying if I said that wasn't a factor when I chose it. Um, but they just they just bought the new house, and now they're uh, saving up this year to have a big wedding next year. But this is their courthouse version um, that they're doing kind of in their backyard with just close friends. We're all getting hammered drunk on Saturday, and he's getting himself a wife. So happy week for Shalom, y'all, regardless of what uh, Otani and DeGrom do to him. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. All right. With uh, that being said, I, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Brad, do you have anything to plug? Any any trades you're looking to make? Any shit talk you have? Uh, no, I just I just want to say that not every team who doesn't fill up their NA spots is doing something wrong. Disagree. Brad, take and a stand. Two touch. Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber, call me. He wants Shane Bieber. Huck, do you have anything to plug? Uh, it, and I'm not trying to be, you know, all high and mighty, but it's really hard to trade when you're on a win streak because you're like, I, I don't want to let go of this guy. I don't want to let go of this guy. You know, this guy's doing good. What if he doesn't stop? Um, but I, I am down to trade uh, some of these people that I haven't drafted. Uh, Jed Lowry, uh, Odubel Herrera, uh, Bobby Dalbeck. Oh, I'm sorry, not Bobby Dalbeck. Uh, Jonathan Shoup. Um, oh, that was close. Uh, yeah, uh, Chad Green, um, Aaron Bummer. If you need some help, Paul Fry. If you need some help with bullpen, if you need some help with hitting um, and aren't looking for somebody that you want to keep uh, going forward, go ahead and give me a ring and maybe we can work out a deal for cheap. Huck is right. It is more difficult to trade when you're on a win streak, which is why it's incredibly easy for me to trade right now. Having lost three weeks in a row, send me any and all trade offers for any player that isn't Jose Altuve. Nothing is off the table. I'm not panicking, but I'm trying to win. So send your trade offers. Thank you for listening this week to our extra special podcast, and we will catch you guys next week. 